this 2023-2024 NBA Rookie of the Year and All-Rookie Team Betting Picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the underdog pick them in college or NFL and win up to 20 times your money in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, October the 3rd, currently 11.06 on the East Coast, here to dig into our awards market, the first of our award market betting picks for the upcoming season of the NBA. Today, we'll talk about uh, Rookie of the Year. I think a new market that they've also put out this season has been... um, odds on players or rookies to make the all rookie team for this upcoming uh, NBA season as well. So we're going to go through all the award markets leading up to the uh, NBA season, which is right around, I believe a month away. Um, Actually a little less than a month away, but Hey, it's time to go full stream on the NBA gambling podcast, but joining me here to help me break down this uh, rookie of the year and all rookie team betting picks. You guys know him as the voice of the tennis gambling podcast, the NFL gambling podcast, the MLB Gambling Podcast, and of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast and the WNBA Gambling Podcast is Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, how's it going, my man? They're doing pretty well. Looking forward to going through the first of the many awards we're going to cover in the next week or so. Should be fun. Looking forward to the NBA season. Uh, besides that, though, I know you mentioned that we have other markets available. Mm-hmm. You might. I don't. Uh, they're not in New York, so that's why I was a little bit confused when okay. you mentioned the All-NBA teams because Jersey – does have more betting options than uh, New York does. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to have you read off the lines later, but should be fun. Looking forward to going through the rookie of the year uh, market. Yeah, uh, we'll start here with the rookie of the years, and then I like you, or sorry, rookie of the year, and then we'll kind of go through all the award markets. Uh, we'll do about the schedule is we'll do about two a week uh, leading up to the season. So this week we're covering uh, rookie of the year. And then I think we're also doing um, a most improved player of the year and then also a six man of the year on Thursday. So it'll be some type of combination between myself, Scott, uh, the villain, and uh, also Lante. So I uh, hope you guys join us for the ride for this upcoming season. Hopefully we can put some more money in your pockets. Um, Scott, obviously the draft last year, um, to no one's surprise, Victor Vinyama ends up going number one overall. He is the odds on favorite right now to win the rookie of the year. That number has actually come down um, where it was around. I think I want to say it was around minus 200, minus 300 at a point. But now that number is actually at even money currently over on DraftKings. Um, And then it's uh, Scoot Henderson plus 250, Chet Holmgren three to one. And then there's a significant drop off then to Brandon Miller at 15 to one, who was the third overall pick. Then actually my guy, uh, Cam Whitmore, is the fifth uh, favorite to win rookie of the year at 20 to one. Followed by Jarris Walker, twenty-five to one. Uh, twenty-five to one, and then Amen Thompson rounds at it out at twenty-five to one. Um, I guess we can start. I know, I know we already talked about the draft and and things like that, but 
I'll kind of lay out the premise here for this upcoming season because there are uh, some different rules, I guess we can say, or stipulations or uh, criterias, we should say, that you have to um, play. I don't think this applies to Rookie of the Year, if, uh, if I'm reading this correctly. So it says... Players who want to be eligible for awards such as, or I think it's all awards then, uh, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, All-NBA Honors must play a minimum of 65 games. Um, and there's uh, not only is there a minimum number of games required, but the player must also uh, play at least 20 minutes in those 65 games. So for any award uh, for this upcoming season, it's two criteria, pretty much 65 games you must play in, and you have to play in at least 20 minutes across those 65 games that are at minimum. Um, Scott, I guess we could just start with our picks here for NBA rookie of the year. Or guys, I guess we think that we'll end up playing 65 games. Because I think that right off the top, I think you and I, and maybe a lot of people believe that Victor Wimbenyama may not play 65 games for this upcoming year for the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I feel like the question we have to ask ourselves is if Wemby does reach 65, is he automatically winning this award? I would think so. That's kind of the tricky part because yeah. we're not sure he's going to get the 65. Right. But I basically want to know if there's any extra hope you have or if you need to solely rely on an injury. Um, I think the also question, yes, injury, and then I think the also is if Because the media both... is going to be all over Wemby. Like, he's going to yeah. get every single cover, all the coverage. Yeah. So, um, And then also, like... Do we believe that do the Spurs, if they're obviously not going to be in any type of contention for play-in tournament or anything like that, are they still going to let him, you know, finish out the season? Are they quote-unquote going to make up an injury on the injury report that he doesn't play for the final, I don't know, three, four three weeks, weeks? And four weeks. yeah, and then it obviously also misses games throughout the season. So I think that's the first question that I think we have to ask ourselves. And I think personally for me. I don't think he gets to the 65 game criteria um, for again, for the reasons that I just did mention, because I mean, he still is skinny frame, right? I mean, if you take, I mean, he's what seven foot, you know, seven or seven foot five. He looks um, like he's seven foot seven in every yeah. photo, but yeah. Um, I think he's like I, seven, three or seven, four technically. I think. Yeah. I think the physicality of the NBA, I think will wear on him. I know he still is young, but I feel like that, because the Spurs drafted him number one overall, and this guy is going to be the future of this franchise for hopefully decades to come. I think they're going to be very, very careful with him because I think the end goal for obviously the Spurs is going to be to build a team around uh, Victor Wimbenyama to eventually contend, get into the playoffs number one, and then eventually you know compete for a championship. Yeah, I feel like with San Antonio, we know how consistent they've been for the last couple of decades. It's been a downswing. It's what happens when you go from two Hall of Fame top 50 centers of all time, and they both retire. Yeah. And then you get Kawhi, and then Kawhi doesn't want to be there, and he turned into a top three guy for at least one year. With mm -hmm. Toronto, he was definitely a top three player in the league. But yeah. the point is, you're looking at the Spurs and the market they already have and the reputation they have. It's going to help scoot out because he's going to be able to follow in the footsteps of other great centers with the organization. There's a narrative there. And yeah. if he's supposed to turn the Spurs, not even into a playoff team, but a respectable team, like just not totally getting buried, winning 23 games a year, mm -hmm. then I think he's going to automatically have some credit uh, with the voters, at least based on the perception that he has, yeah. if he can change the culture, whatever right. you want to call it, 
uh, based on how bad San Antonio has been for the last couple of years. But still, I do think, once again, the physicality is going to be a concern. Mm-hmm. I We are going to mention a player in a little bit who has the same issue, but the odds are better for him, so you can make a conversation yeah. there. But I do think Wemby should be the favorite. I think even money sounds right. Minus 200 versus the field a couple months ago was hilarious yeah. to me, yeah. and I love the field at like plus 145. Yeah. That's long gone. It makes sense. The lines have shifted. Mm-hmm. I do think Wemby's going to win if he reaches that threshold for right. games because of the media and because of San Antonio and Popovich and the fact that the other rookies, Chet's going to be on a very good team. I wonder if he's going to be on a minute restriction or what the story is going to be there. Uh, but he should actually have a decent amount of TV games because OKC is supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. Scoot's the interesting one. I don't know if we're going to segue into Scoot now, but he has all the opportunity to put up massive numbers. And I do like his odds, but yeah. nobody's going to watch Portland play. Right. And I wonder if that's going to come, if that's going to end up working against him because Boncaro was Mm -hmm. really, really good last year. And he kind of won the award by default, Mm -hmm. but nobody was watching Orlando play. So I'm going to ask you, does it actually matter if people watch you play? Does that matter anymore? Or is that an overrated piece of criteria? I think it's overrated. I think it's it's kind of leading into what I wanted to, uh, to preface also for the rookie of the year. So I went back and did some digging um, over the last 10 years, and I dug up all the, the guys that have won uh, rookie of the year, right? And then obviously, you know, when you have teams that drafted these players, they're usually going to teams that are teams like Orlando, teams like OKC, not, you know, the big money market teams, right? So I I think, number one, I don't think it matters where you do play because I think if you do put up the numbers like, you know, Pancaro has, for example, last year, I I think by default you would win that award. So, Scott, over the last 10 years, um, we've had, obviously, 10 winners of – 10 Rookie of the Year winners – how many of those 10 do you think were outside of the top five picks? Uh, out of the last 10, I'm, I got to think. You said 10 years? Yeah, last 10 years. Two. Yeah, so two. So Let's go. In, two, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just I'm just excited I got that right. Oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. was Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon in 2017. He was the 36th overall pick in the second round. Do you, do you want to take you could you probably should you should probably get this. Well, I was one. gonna say Landry Fields, I don't think was in the last 10 years, but I know that he no. was I don't even know if he won rookie there now that I think about it. Um I probably could get it if I thought about it long enough, but I don't want to keep everybody waiting. So I'll take the Malcolm Brogdon and I'll walk away. Yeah. So 2014, uh, Michael Carter Williams. Uh, I would not have guessed that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 11th overall pick. Um, but other than that, it's been either the guys within the first uh, four picks. So kind of dating back, um, obviously, Paulo Pancaro last year, first overall. Uh, 2022, Scotty Barnes, fourth, uh, LaMelo Ball, third overall, John Morant, second, Luca, technically third overall, uh, Ben Simmons first, and then it was Brogdon in the second round at 36 overall, and then Cat, and then Andrew Wiggins, uh, first overall, and then M- uh, Michael Carter-Williams was 11th. If we go back one more season, if we want to do that, Damian Lillard, 2013, uh, 2013 was the sixth overall pick. So, Yeah, so can we actually just read off for a second the yeah. teams – that actually drafted these players. I'm sure, I got to think on the top of my head how many of these teams were actually even mediocre in, his, in the yeah. rookie seasons. I feel like there's a lot of bad teams. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just go back. Obviously, last year, um, uh, Orlando Magic. 
Okay, well, you can just read it off. Like, how many of these teams made the playoffs? So Orlando was a no. Oh, God. Or So, okay, previous year of that was who? It might I be say? a little bit wrong, but still. Scotty Barnes, Toronto off. made it, right? Uh, Toronto, I believe, did make it, yeah. Okay. And then we had uh, LaMelo Ball Hornets. Playing tournament. They got killed in the play-in, I think. Yeah. John Morant, Memphis in 2020. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Luca. 2019. I don't think so. Let me just go. I think they missed in 19. His first year was the bubble, and then he went nuts. Yeah. But I don't think they made the playoffs in 19. That was Dirk's final year. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Ben Simmons' first overall, Philly, I don't think they made it that year. Because I don't think Joel Embiid was there. Well, that wasn't his first year. That was his second year. Ben Simmons? Oh, yeah. Yeah, That was the second year. Yeah, yeah. I think they did make the playoffs that year. Okay. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, 2017. Milwaukee They made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Cat, first overall, Minnesota Timberwolves. No. They only made it when Butler was there. And then 2015, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Cleveland, I believe. Hell no. <laughs> 2014, I think Michael well, Cleveland Carter was Williams. misleading because Cleveland immediately shipped him. So he went to Minnesota. He didn't stay in Cleveland. He got he was in the Kevin Love. Yeah, trade. he was part of the – yeah, right. Exactly. Well, Cleveland um, Kevin did Love make trade. it, but Wiggins did not. Right. Um, and then 2014, okay, that was um, Andrew Wiggins in the prior year. Um, you said Lillard was 2013, and I don't think Portland was any good. Yeah. So, what, one team, two teams? Actually, was did, was Portland good? I don't think so. Was that so. the year they beat Dwight Howard with, like, Aldridge and Lillard in the rookie? I, I got to think about that one. That might have been the year they actually ended up beating Dwight Howard. I got to think about that, but – yeah. Either way, point is, there have been some playoff teams, some that have not been on the playoff teams. It doesn't matter. This is solely based on stats. Yeah. The team success means nothing. Right. That was kind of the um, point of it. I probably could have said that before making you go through that exercise. Apologies, but <laughs> that's kind of my point. It doesn't matter how good the team is. Scoot, for example, could be on a 20-win Trailblazers team. If he puts up 25-5, and five, he'll win the award. That's kind of yeah, my point. I, yeah, I mean, like last year, obviously – Paulo Pancaro averaged, what, 20? I think it was 21 he averaged last year. 20 points exactly last year uh, for the Orlando Magic, 6.9 points. He also rebounds. wasn't competing with anybody last year. Like, people were trying to force in yeah. Jalen Williams from Oklahoma City as because he was very good mm-hmm. and he had some big moments, but there was nobody else who was even in striking distance. And Boncaro, I don't know if he was unanimous, but he might have been one-off. He completely ran away with the entire thing. Yeah, especially it was early on as well because I mean he just came in to the season last year um, for the Orlando Magic and had an immediate impact, right? I don't think there was a lot of other players in the draft from last year that you know had that type of you know impact for their team uh, just right away because Paulo Pancaro was put into that starting lineup and I I don't want to say the 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 offense was centered around Pablo Pancaro, but obviously no Chet Holmgren last year he was the second overall pick. Jabari Smith, it was it's pretty much Jalen Green's team last year at least. Keegan Murray, and then maybe I think Jaden Ivey had an opportunity if he didn't get – he got hurt last year, right, and during his rookie year? It was a mix. He got hurt, but it was also kind of a weird transition year where Ivey really didn't look as good as I thought he was going to, but he kind of figured yeah. it out in the second half of the year. But it was the first half, as you said. Boncaro lapped the field two times over in the first three months, and the race was over at that point. Yeah, and I think the only other guy maybe that was, you know, 
taken into consideration was probably Benedict Matherin, but he was coming off of the bench uh, early in the season before Tyrese Halliburton uh, was hurt, and they had some uh, issues or uh, injuries at that guard position. But, uh, Scott, before we actually get into some more of our picks here for the uh, NBA Rookie of the the Year, uh, let me tell everyone about uh, Game Time App. If you want to get out to the home opener for your uh, respective NBA teams or you want to get out to a football game or catch a college game, let GameTime help you out because buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't have to be stressful. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets, their best price are guaranteed. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Some of the great things about the Game Time app is they have great flash deals and last-minute tickets, like I mentioned. And it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, not just sports-related, but like I mentioned, if you have a comedy show in your area or you want to get out to the theater, they also have that in the Game Time app. And the best thing that I love about their app is that you actually get an uh, image of the seat view that you're going to um, you're actually going to see at the venue before you actually buy the ticket, so you don't have any surprises. Once you actually get to the venue, their lowest price are guaranteed event cancellation protection as well. Forget planning months in advance and game time has uh, deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy and theater and much more. The game time guarantee means you're going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference that's how confident they are in your prices or in their prices get images of your seat like i mentioned before you buy it so you know exactly what you expect and the tickets go directly right to your phone you don't have to ha- uh, haggle through your email box or uh, mailbox wait for the tickets to come in nope they get sent directly to your phone on the app so do yourselves a favor favor download the game time app create an account use promo code sgpn for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code sgpn for 20 dollars off download game time app last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right scott so so obviously we talked about victor we talked about scoot at plus 250 I think the next guy is a very intriguing at three to one inch at home. And obviously last year he missed uh, the entire season because he suffered an injury in a pro-am game that he played in uh, prior to the season. But he comes in to this Oklahoma City Thunder team it was a really fun squad to watch last year. And they needed some type of rim protection, a guy that can consistently rebound. And I think that Chet Holmgren will solve a couple of those issues. Now, the, obviously the, the issue that, People come up with Chet with Chet is because of his body frame, right? It's very, it's he's still a thin guy, and in the physicality, the physicality that we have in the NBA, that you know, let's just say, I don't know, a big body player just kind of runs into Chet, he's gonna go flying across the floor. I think that's the downfall right now of Chet Holmgren, but I think him and Shea are are definitely gonna have a, a significant impact uh, for this OKC Thunder team. And again, he's gonna be put into that starting lineup right away for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So Chet at three to one. What are your thoughts on that? So the problem that I run into with Chet, by the way, in case anyone forgot, this is actually the second time we've talked about the Rookie of the Year award uh, odds because we did yeah. it post draft, and we got much better prices when we talked about it with mm. Scoot and with Chet. The more that I think about it, the less I like Chet. Because I think Chet's going to have a great impact on a good team, and that's important. Having said that, OKC has been really, really careful with their star players in the past. Yeah. And if I ask you right now who's less likely to reach 65 games, Wemby or Chet, you'd probably tell me Chet. 100%. So Chet, from what we've seen since Gonzaga, played one 
pro-am game, if that's what you mm-hmm. want to call it, one pickup game. Yeah. And LeBron ran him over and he got injured. Yeah. That's it. That, that's yeah. the entire post-Gonzaga body of work. Now, there were photos and videos of Chet working out, and he bulked up. He gained some muscle. He needed to. It was definitely a good step. Yeah. I don't know if I can take Chet at this point because I don't think he's going to reach 65. Either based on OKC being extra careful, trying to keep him healthy for the playoff push, which we are expecting them to have. We think that OKC is right. good enough to maybe even win 50. I'll give them mid-40s, uh, high 40s. So I think sure. they'll finish with around 47. They'll be in the mm-hmm. playoff picture. 50 is mm-hmm. a lot for a team. Yeah. But I do think looking at the expectations for OKC, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense to keep a guy who might be a bit injury-prone on the shelf for part of the season to make sure you can ramp him back up for the playoffs. I think I'm scared off on Chet because you're mentioning the frame. And once again, he did bulk up, but still, if we're talking about the 65 game threshold and saying, which one guy are you most concerned about reaching that threshold of the entire rookie class? I think my number one concern would be Chet. So I think I'm staying away from Chet, at least at this price point, maybe when it was higher, I was tempted by it. It's why I mentioned Chet, and I gave him out a couple months ago. But at this point, the more that I think about it, I'm not sure he gets to 65. Yeah, just to put into context with SGA, so the last three seasons uh, with the OKC Thunder, he played 35 games, 56 games, and then last year we saw towards the end of the year where despite them making a playoff push or at least for the play in tournament, they were still resting him in back-to-back situations, whether it was a front end of a back-to-back or a back end of a back-to-back. And he only played in, or I want to say only, but he played in 68 of the 82 games last year. Uh, um, you know, excuse me, for the OKC Thunder. They, they hmm? voluntarily benched their best player for 14 games and yeah. forced themselves to play <laughs> play in games. Yeah. That, that's wild to me. Yeah. They didn't even get out of the play in. They, and again, they had, they had an opportunity. Like if they weren't sitting him to, for uh, the Thunder to possibly be that seventh or uh, the sixth or what, they could have gotten the sixth seed and not really been in that play-in tournament bracket if they really wanted to go for they it. They had but, to win two play-in games because of how yeah. careful they were with their best with, player, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. But Minnesota buried them in that second play-in game. So historically speaking, even though OKC this year is expected to take a massive leap. So you might see the guys play more. Chet has no pro experience. He got injured in a practice game with Le- with LeBron and company. I can see them wrapping Chet in bubble wrap the entire season. They'll let, Ch- they'll let Shea play 75 or more. But I think Chet's going to feel that load management more than anybody else in this rookie class. I think I'm out on Chet for those reasons. You? Yeah, I think so, too. I think the more you're talking about it, I think it makes a whole lot of sense that at three to one, um, it's too short. It's too short right now for what the history has been for Chet post Gonzaga. And that goes back to what we talked about, what happened last season and the way that OKC Thunder kind of just managed their their star players. And again, Chet definitely fits that um, fits that mold uh, for the OKC Thunder. Uh, one more player I want to talk about here, um, uh, Scott, before we maybe talk about some longer shots. Uh, so we kind of go down the list here. Obviously, Brandon Miller, the second overall pick, 15 to 1. I just believe that he would have to go out and score 22, 23 points per game. And being on that Charlotte Hornets roster, I just don't think that's possible for him, especially when you have 
you know, LaMelo Ball, uh, Terry Rozier, guys that require the basketball um, to be effective. I know LaMelo Ball has been injured and maybe that what maybe enables Brandon Miller to put up the points. But again, that's a what if situation. He is currently listed at 15 to one, but I think it's rightfully priced at 15 to one. But I just don't think that he'll enough have enough stats for him to win the rookie of the year award. What are your thoughts on him? There's not enough basketballs to go around. Yeah. You mentioned Lamelo. He's a very ball dominant guard. Whether you like mm-hmm. him or not, the point is he's going to have the ball in his hands the entire time. And he jacks up a lot of shots. Now, yeah. he does get a lot of assists as well, but it's because of usage. The ball's in his hands all the time. Mm-hmm. Rozier has to chuck up at least six threes a game, and he's going to be chucking shots as well. I can't believe he's still on the team. I thought that they were going to trade him during the offseason. Yeah. You didn't even mention Miles Bridges, who's coming no. back, who is yeah. also going to take a bunch of shots because he was, was he an all NBA guy? Third team, Ooh. maybe? Bridges the year before he got thrown out of the league. Oh, I want to say he was an all NBA guy. Let me see. Uh, Miles Bridges. He obviously wasn't first team, or I think he was third team. I I think. Yeah, because he had like a stellar year that year. Uh, I thought he was the best player on the team. I thought he was better than Lamelo. Yeah, let me see. Um. Well, while you pull that up, I'll pull up Miles Bridges' shots shot stats because I want to see the attempts because he he can walk into 20. There might be some growing pains in them missing a year, but the point is he is also willing to take 20 shots a game. So I I don't see anything about him being on the all NBA team. Okay. Uh, maybe but I if just you want to go back to the but yeah, maybe just kind of going, he deserved yeah, it and he just didn't get it. But yeah, I, I mean I he averaged 20 year. yeah 20 points per game that year. Um, shooting it around a, an effective field goal percentage of 55%. Uh, also average, let's see here, seven rebounds per game, 3.8 assists, and almost uh, one block and one seal per game. But yeah, and he also played in 80 uh, games that year for the Hornets and started okay, Wait, all 80 Wait, games. Wait, saying all defense. That could be it. I thought he potentially made a team, but the point okay. is he's he was a very, very good player before the off-the-court stuff. He took 15.2 shots per game. So you have that with yeah. LaMelo, with Rozier. On the bright <laughs> side, Ubre is not there anymore, so you got that working for you. P.J. Washington wants to take a bunch of shots, too. He just got paid. There's not enough shots mm. to go around for Miller. And the truth is, yeah. Miller, besides shooting, what is he good at? He doesn't pass the ball. He's not mm. going to have the opportunities to anyway. Because he's, once again, he's not going to have the ball in his hands enough. Is he a good rebounder? Not really. He's fine as a rebounder. He's not great at it. I think Miller's a waste of money. I think 15-1 to makes sense, but it should be potentially (laughs) higher once you realize the roster. He just doesn't have enough opportunity. It's just as simple as that. I don't think Miller's got a chance. Yeah. Um, I agree about everything that you just mentioned there. I, I don't think that Miller has a chance here just because, again, just the roster construction of the Charlotte Hornets team. Uh, before we get to some more guys on the list here, uh, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. You went up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. From now until October 4th, Underdog is matching 100% of your first deposit of up to $500. That expires on Wednesday. So, again, you still have a day to get over there. And if you haven't already signed up for Underdog Fantasy, make sure you use promo code SGPN on your first deposit so you can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Plus, they're giving away $100,000 on Sundays 
on Underdog Fantasy. That's total of two million in prizes all season long, hundred thousand prizes this week alone, and ten thousand to ten people this week. Like I mentioned, they're giving away hundred thousand in total uh, every week of the NFL season. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, UnderdogFantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. All right, Scott. So um, those are the top guys. Obviously, we talked about um, Victor. We talked about Scoot, Chet, and Brandon Miller. But we didn't really and talk th- much about Scoot. Just yeah, to let's be go clear, back to Scoot. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm betting on him to win the award. Just, just yeah. to be clear, if that was not stated, I gave him out in the uh, post-draft recap episode I know the odds have shrunk. I think he was around four to one. Now he's two fifty. He is the green light of all green lights, man. I mean, you get rid of Lillard, you acquire Drew Holiday, then you get rid of Drew Holiday. I know Aiton is there now, and he's going to demand some shots, but I kind of like that pick and roll option. If you want to get some assists for him, who else is going to touch the ball? They don't have anybody think, in that backcourt. I think the only guy it's really going to be. Uh, Simons, if he's still okay. on this roster, yeah. come trade deadline, and then Shaden maybe bit, Shaden Sharp. But yeah. I think those are the really only two guys. And again, I'm surprised that the odds didn't shift a little more for Scoot after the Damian Lillard trade because he immediately going to step into that starting lineup. And like you mentioned, he's going to have the ultimate green light. So I personally found a three to one uh, on Scoot. I I, I, I slammed that. And again, for all the reasons that you just mentioned, that he's going to have the ultimate green light. He's he can be a guy that can score twenty points per night for your uh, roster for the uh, Portland Trail Blazers. Um, you know, at the top of the show, we talked about the whole national media narrative and if he's going to get the spotlight. But I don't think for this, at least this award, Scott, it doesn't really matter. Just because if you put up 17, 18, 19, 20 points per game, you're automatically in you know the conversation to win the award or if not the odds on favorite so i like scoot three to one i think that's at least in the top uh tier of the guys uh, i'm with you I, I plus 250 so i still like him uh to win this award well looking more into the actual starting lineup you're looking at simons who gets injured for about half of every season mm-hmm. and he's a solid shooter he's not a real point guard though so i do think once again scoot will handle the primary ball handle responsibilities you have jeremy grant who you paid a bunch of money for, who can score a lot of points, but also is not a guy who's going to dribble the ball up court much, and he's more of an isolation scorer. And Aiton really needs a point guard. So I don't think Aiton's going to be much of a threat there because he's going to need other guys to facilitate for him. As a result, Scoot, if I told you in his rookie season, walked into 18-5-7. That's pretty realistic, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I was trying to look up what they also acquired in the uh, Drew Holiday trade. I don't think they got Robert Williams as a what a backup. Do you think that he's still going to be on the roster, or do you think there'll be a buyout situation for a Robert Williams? That's so difficult when it comes. Well, f- by the way, buyout market no chance because because uh, Time Lord has, t- has trade value. The fact that the Celtics yeah. defense was so much better when he was healthy, he's always injured. That's always a problem you're going to run into, yeah. but. They're not going to buy him out. Uh, Williams definitely has trade value. I would trade for him if I could. I think Robert Williams defensively, when healthy, is one mm-hmm. of the most impactful defensive players in the league. So that's the question when you're a tanking team. Do you blow up the roster entirely? 
Can you? Because you just paid a bunch of money for Jeremy Grant for no reason whatsoever, which looks even dumber by the day. Yeah, I think they're going to trade half the roster. I think they're going to let Simons and Scoot have one year together and see mm-hmm. how this works before <coughs> moving on. In reality, I think any type of trades involving Simons or Aiton or all the above would happen next off season as opposed to the middle of the season. You? Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned Jeremy Grant. That I, I think that he'll he'll be on the move as well when it comes to the trade deadline. Um, I mean, there will be some mid, team mid first season. I um, uh, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I think yeah. so. You think mid first? I think season, some team. Okay. Yeah, I think some team will come knocking on the door uh, for his services. I know the contract is rather large, but I think that he will be on the move. But I mean, like you mentioned, again, Scoot just he steps into that starting uh, lineup in place of Damian Lillard after the the trade to the Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to be Scoot. It's going to be Simons. It's going to be uh, Shaden Sharp. It's going to be DeAndre Aiden. So, I mean, they have a nice little squad. Defense is definitely going to be a um, a huge question mark for this team. Um, but again, when you when you when you have a player like Scoot Henderson that can, you know, score the basketball, and like you mentioned, the pick and roll with DeAndre Aiden is going to be a lot of fun to watch if they are, or if Chauncey's smart enough to get that going for this Portland uh, Trailblazers team. That's only going to help his, you know, I guess, quote unquote, his resume as far as, you know, racking up assists as well, because we know he can score the basketball. So, yeah, I think we're both in agreement about um, about Scoot here being our favorite play for rookie of the year. Kind of going down the list here, Scott, has anybody else on this list uh, of rookies stick out to you? Because for me, I I look at the two, the Rockets players, and I, I hate, you know, betting on two players that are on the same team um, because either number one, they're going to take votes away from each other or, you know, number one, there's only one basketball and then the minutes allocation as well for this Rockets team. But as excited I am about, you know, Men Thompson and Cam Whitmore post, you know, the KPJ stuff that they already came out yesterday and said that, you know, that KPJ is not going to be part of the Houston Rockets organization. Um, I'm, I'm, there, I'm excited. There is such a log jam at the wing position. Exactly. So I, and I, I think that one um, when they when they were interviewing Raphael Stone about, you know, the void of. KPJ or the minutes that are opening up. I think the name that came up was Cam Whitmore for this Rockets team. But I think eventually Amen Thompson is also going to be a part of that rotation because he's a dynamic player for this team as well. So I wasn't intrigued uh, there. I don't know if you have any thoughts on those two guys or any guys down the list with longer odds to win this award. I mean, Whitmore's got the talent, but when you pay Dylan Brooks all that money, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to see the floor as a starter. And I think yeah. we saw with Matherin last year, even though – Boncaro was a monster and he was going to win the award. I don't know how much serious consideration Matherin got because he wasn't a starter. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't have this in front of me. I would be shocked if a bench player has ever won rookie of the year or at least within the last 30 years. I'd be shocked. Yeah. I mean, I have the list of the last 10 guys, but I think the, all of those guys were, were starters. There's no maybe Brog, Brogdon, maybe Brogdon, off the bench. Brogdon started. He started okay. Everybody Rob, else Rob was like a hybrid, where he okay. was like a somebody got injured though, so he ended up stepping up. Was it Eric Bledsoe got injured? Somebody got yeah. injured and he turned into a starter for half the year. Okay. So that was a factor as well. But it's about putting up big stats. In order to put up big stats, you need to play a lot of minutes. It's as simple yeah. as that. And I don't know if Whitmore's going to get all the minutes. So that's the problem I have with him. Talent wise, I like him at thirty to one, but his situation makes me want to go elsewhere. 
I'm trying to think of who has guaranteed starter minutes out of this entire rookie class, and there's not many guys. That's why it's going to be difficult. Walker with Indiana, I don't know if he's going to be a starter. I doubt it, but yeah. maybe. Like I don't, I I don't could know. see him as a starter, but then again, when you talk about that team, I mean, you have – Tyrese Halliburton. I know they're trying to work out the Buddy Heald trade as well. If they trade Buddy Heald, I consider because Heald takes like 15 shots a game. But we know yeah. we know that with the selflessness of Halliburton, you can get a lot of easy looks for Walker. But he's also got Miles Turner there, and I it, it's not a great spot. But if we're looking at starters who maybe can make some noise, do you think Grady Dick starts? Uh, so I think he's a six up. man personally, but you lose Van Vliet, you pick up Schroeder. Is Dick I think Schroeder starter? might be the guy that comes off the bench because I feel like the Raptors in that starting lineup need like three point shooting. And I think that's why exactly they drafted Grady Dick out of Kansas uh, to be that guy for them. So, I mean, right now they do have on the depth chart uh, Dennis Schroeder as a starter. Um, and then you have Gary Trent Jr. there as well that he's probably competing for as far as getting shots up as well. But um, right now it's Jacoperto, it's, it's Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, and Dennis Schroeder as the starter. So he's, he's I think, more than likely going to be coming off of the bench uh, for the Toronto Raptors. And I'll ask you, since we're going down the line, since I agree with you, yeah. do you think Lively's going to start for Dallas? That was the one that intrigued me because, again, when we talked about this Dallas team for the past several seasons is that we've talked about they need a bona fide guy and that starting uh, center spot. A rim protector. A rim protector, right. A guy that's going to block shots, a guy that's going to clean up the glass for you, um, and that a guy that can catch lobs for you, um, whether that's coming from Luka or that's coming from Kyrie. I think that'll probably be something we want to keep our eye on if, if he is going to be a starter because right now Dwight Powell has been that starter for this team. Um, but I think going back to what we talked about at the top of the show is that he's going to is he going to be able to put up enough stats for him to qualify or put his name into that conversation of the war because you have two guys on this roster that are going to jack up 20 to 25 shots per game in Luka and Kyrie. You still have Tim Hardaway Jr. who needs to get his three-point shots. So I'm not sure. I think maybe defensively. Um, he would have Derek, to be insane defensively, <clears throat> but I'm just trying to think of anybody that might have minutes secure. What do you think of uh, Keontae George? I like George, but I group him with Hendricks. Like okay. you're Utah, you got two young players who, I don't want to say play the same position, but they're going to be fighting for minutes anyway. Utah could be tempting, but I'm worried that if both of them turn out to be good, they'll take votes away from each other. And if yeah. one of them is good, I, I mean, you know, marketing is going to get his. Yeah. Looking at the overall roster, I don't know. Is George going to get a lot of shot attempts? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But I think this is a good transition then because we really don't like anybody at, with longer odds, at least for rookie of the year, because we now do have odds. And, and uh, uh, I have this uh, odds in front of me for all rookie first team uh, um, bets, right? And, and odds right now. So the top four guys that we talked about, Victor is minus 1,200, Chet is minus 800, Scoot minus 700, Brandon Miller minus 260. And then it kind of opens up a little bit. So I think if we like guys with longer odds for a rookie of the year where we don't think that they're exactly going to win the award, 
Maybe there's a guy further down the list that we think that can make the all rookie first team um, as far as, you know, looking at it that way, because right now the two twin brothers, uh, the Thompson brothers are a man is at even money. And then a sewer is at, <clears throat> excuse me, two to one Cam Whitmore plus two twenty five. And some of the guys that we just mentioned, Jars Walker plus four fifty. Tyler Hen, uh, sorry, Taylor Hendricks, six to one, and then Keontae George plus six fifty. Derek uh, Lively, thirteen to one. So I'm looking at last year's winners, and I need clarification here. There, sure. the, this is for first team, right? This is yeah, this is all rookie first team, all okay. bets action. Yeah. So I was looking to see if positions still mattered because I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if they were going to use the point guard through center. Uh, they don't. They got okay. Boncaro, Kessler. Uh, so that's the power forward and center spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Matherin, who's a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. Keegan Murray, who's a, kind of a tweener between shooting guard and small forward, or even Pretty power forward. Yeah. And Jalen Williams, who was a small forward. So positions yeah. don't matter anymore, which is kind of important. Mm-hmm. I wanted to clarify that beforehand. But if I had to think of anybody that's worth a look, I think Walker's worth a look. He might start. Yeah, I, I mean, plus, you said plus 450? Uh, for who is for Walker? Yeah, yeah, plus 450. Yeah, that would be the one that catches my eye because Indiana okay. still has kind of an uncertain depth chart behind Turner, and Turner's always injured. So, mm-hmm. I do think you're looking at Walker could get some minutes. Indiana should be a fun team, win or lose, they're gonna score a bunch of points. So, there might be some points by default for Walker to get. Plus 450 would be appealing because he does play a position that's similar to. Uh, well, he's in the front court. I'll put it that way. So it's not the exact same position as Chet or yeah. Wemby or Lively the, or these other guys. But if some of them get injured and you want to include a potential big man in that award race, you can end up throwing Walker's name in there. Plus 450 for a top 10 pick with Halliburton as his point guard, I think it's tempting. Mm-hmm. I'll lean that way at plus 450. Do you have uh, the second or third team rookie, all rookie teams in front of you? I got nothing. Once again, okay. this is all. No, you. no, just for New the who, who made it last year. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant uh, the odds. Okay. No, 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 just who made the uh, who made the team last year as far as second and third team. Okay. Uh, I see. Dur- I see Duran, Eason, mm-hmm. Ivy, Jabari Smith Jr., and Sochan. Okay. Yeah, because that because I was wondering because I was I misspoke earlier when I talked about Jay Ivy that he did play in seventy four games last year. He averaged sixteen point three points. Um, and he was all rookie second team uh, last season. Then um, you said Matherin was first team, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so he averaged 16.7 points. Uh, Pancaro at 20. Uh, Jalen Williams, 14.1 uh, points per game. And then Keegan Murray uh, averaged 12.2 uh, points per game. What I kind of feel like it is almost positional base because Jabari played in more games last year. And averaged slightly more points last year as well. It might be a backcourt, frontcourt thing, but you don't have to be a point guard. Like they'll okay. throw in some guards and some forwards, but power forward center doesn't matter. So it might be somewhere okay. in the middle, which is why I mentioned Walker being a frontcourt guy. Okay. Yeah. So it almost seems like that at the top, I mean, again, it's a top heavy again that they're expecting the top um four guys as far as who won the rookie of the year to be all NBA first or sorry, all rookie first team for this upcoming season. I hope they open up the market um, for, you know, second and third team for all rookie, but I agree with you. Jarvis Walker plus four fifty. 
Uh, if you want to throw, I think Victor will probably be at that center position. If Chet makes it, that's a power four position right there. Once again, if they don't reach 65, then suddenly you're cooking with something. Yeah. So I think that Mary, maybe, you know, we talked about Derek Lively at 13 to one, all rookie first team that if he has an incredible rebounding year um, and he's able to average what two to three blocks per game, I think that there's an opportunity for him to make all rookie first team. Why do I feel like kid's going to freeze him out for the first two months of the season? Because it's kid. I'm saying like, I, I can see <laughs> it. I, I can see lively getting frozen for the first couple months, but are you interested in the Thompson brothers? Because I'm not sure if I like <laughs> Amon's situation. I don't like Assume either in of their a better situation, but Cade's going to have the ball the entire time and Ivy. Like, I don't know how a sword's going to actually get the opportunity to put up big stats or even get an opportunity to get the ball in his hands. Yeah. He's going to be what, like an eighth man, a sixth yeah. man, maybe in like best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, you talk about both of these teams. Um, there, I'm, I'm trying to, so I'll start with the men here, right? With, with the Rockets. Situation is better now because. Porter Jr. is going to get thrown off the team. So that's one less guy in front of him. Yeah, so I think that he'll probably end up being that sixth man for this team or probably the first or second guy coming off of the bench uh, for this Rockets team because it's obviously uh, Van Vliet will be the starter with Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, Shabari, and Shane Goon. But we talk about that guard position. Now with Kevin Porter Jr. not on this roster anymore, Amen Thompson slips in as that first or second guy coming off of the bench, at least for the backup point guard position. So well, do we agree on that, by the way, that after the Miles Bridges situation, Porter Jr. is either going to be cut or he's just not going to play a single game this season? He's not. And I think, you know, I was watching Media Day for the Rockets yesterday and they already came out and said he's not going to be part of this organization. That's what I figured. Forward. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I found I found it hilarious that they were trying to trade him when that news came out, but that's a different story. Um, and then you also talked about Asur. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned that it's Kade coming back from the injury from last season where he only played in a handful of games. You also have Jaden Ivey there as well. Um, Monte Morris is there as well. Maybe he got, he's a guy that gets traded at the trade deadline. Killian Hayes last year towards the end had to play a little bit more minutes just because, you know, the injuries that, you know, with Cade, he shouldn't be in the league, but he's getting minutes. So. Yeah, and also Marcus Saucer is there as well for this Detroit Pistons team as well. I like Saucer out of, out of yeah. Houston. But, yeah, I, I think based on the situations, I'm not really interested in either. If I had to pick yeah. between one of them, it might actually be Amon because the yeah. Porter Jr. absence does open up some opportunities. Mm -hmm. So that could be intriguing. But I also wonder if, you know, you get a hard-nosed coach, you bring him in, is he going to let the young guys cook? I don't know. So that could be a bit of an issue too, but Houston shouldn't be very good. So no. you can make an argument that even if, you know, the new coach they ended up bringing in prefers the veteran presences, <clears throat> that's not going to matter halfway through the season when the team's in the basement. So they actually do have a sewer uh, slated to be a starter uh, at that small forward position. Really? The I find that surprising. Yeah. But again, we'll, we'll have to find out more as we kind of get in more news with training camp. And, and if he starts, then I'd slam the even money, but <clears throat> I doubt he starts. He's actually uh, two to one for uh, first. Two team. to one. I thought he yeah. was even. Okay. Uh, just, amen, just to make sure, the Pistons head coach is. Oh, they hired a new head coach, didn't they? Um, well, I was, I'm checking to see. God, is this, I was going to say, is it Dwayne Casey? That's Monty Williams. Yeah, Monty. There you go. Yeah. So uh, just to make sure, Monty. Yeah. I don't know if he ever let the young guys cook because he just inherited a team that was already ready to roll. So I don't know if the rookies are going to get a lot yeah. of one with him. 
And I don't think he had a lot of guys that, uh, at least on Phoenix, that ha- he had young guys on that team because... No, they chipped up all the draft picks for KD yeah. anyway. But <clears throat> I find I, it funny that they also brought in uh, Rockets former head coach Steven Stylus, uh, Silas on, on the bench with... Uh, yeah, Monty but I'm, I'm trying to think of like all the pieces they had when they made the finals. They were using like, Crowder and Shamit got some minutes and... It was a lot of veteran guys. Like Tory Craig played a bit, Sarich played a bit. There was I don't think he's really any rookies on that team. Oh no, yeah, it was all all veteran guys um, for, for the Phoenix Suns team that year. So it's I mean we talked about it at the top of the show. It's really these the 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 smaller markets or the teams that just didn't have a very good uh, year of guys who obviously make you know all rookie first team and win the award because obviously they have their first you know couple picks in that draft for a reason because they haven't been very good. Uh, Scott, anything else that sticks out to you as far as Rookie of the Year or any other player you want to may mention for all rookie first team? Well, I wanted to ask you, since we're focusing on bad teams, what do you think the role is going to be for the likes of Kula Bali, uh, Anthony Black, and if you want to throw in maybe Hood uh, Shafino from yeah. the Lakers? Mm-hmm. Lakers is most of the media angle. But I wanted to know if you had any thoughts on those guys, maybe getting some minutes, playing a decent amount, or if you think that since a lot of the rookies were viewed as being projects, it's a waste of time betting them in their first season. You can throw in Grady Dick into the equation, too. So for Anthony Black, I think it's another situation where I think there's a logjam again at that that guard position, right? Because you take a look at the match. Orlando's got a lot of guards. Yeah. So, right. I mean, last year that was an issue. Now you added another guard into that fold right now. Obviously, you know, you had Cole Anthony that you drafted a couple of seasons ago. Markel Fultz looked like a guy that, um, I guess, resurrected his career. Yeah, he was yeah. he was decent last year. He was actually pretty good for the team last year. And then you still have, you know, a lot of times a forgotten name, Jalen Suggs, but he's always injured, uh, at least for the first couple of seasons in the NBA thus far. So right now they have. Anthony Black slated as not even the second or f- or even the sixth or seventh or eighth guy coming off of the bench because they also drafted Jet Howard, um, did the Orlando Magic, and they also got Joe Ingles. But again, those are you know, Joe Ingles might just be a guy that's you know there for the veteran presence in the locker room, and he's on the tail end of his career as well, not playing a lot of games. But right now, because I just feel like there's a log jam there. For the Orlando Magic team, I, I don't, I haven't, didn't really even give any uh, consideration to Anthony Black. And what about Koulibaly? And we'll go with Grady Dick. And I mentioned Hood Shafino. He's barely going to play, but that's mostly just the Lakers media bias. But yeah, for 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 Hood Shafino, I think that it, it's a case where you take a look at the signings that the Lakers had um, in this off season. That it's pretty much the entire roster coming back minus um schroeder right and i just don't think that the young guys are going to get run here with the lakers just because it's lebron it's anthony davis you know it's it's rui achimura who was really good for them last season um they don't have time for players to learn on the job they're trying to win a title yeah so they're yeah exactly the the goal number one goal for this lakers team is to win that title so i think he's probably going to be more of an end of the bench guy now for Bilal, I think there's an opportunity for him to be a impact player 
for he's on the Wizards, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, he's on the Wizards. Yeah. But you're looking at the overall roster. You got Delon yeah. Wright as the projected starter. Maybe Tyus Jones at the point yeah. guard spot. So they're gonna there's gonna be an argument there. You have mm-hmm. Jordan Poole. You have Kuzma, Avdi, and Gafford. So. Jones, once again, might take away some point guard opportunity. Koulibaly is technically a shooting guard or a small forward? So they have him slated technically as a small forward guy. Okay. But I think so, he could be both, probably shooting and small forward. So he's going to be behind Kuzma and Kispert, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they also have Gallinari? And Avdia. Yeah. Well, Avdia is going to be starting a power forward, but yeah. So yeah, right now really they not have... much of an opportunity there. Yeah, they have Titus Jones, Jordan Poole, Kispert, Kuzma, and Gafford as the starters listed right now. If he was a center, I'd consider it because they got Gafford and Taj Gibson. But yeah, they have a lot of uh, small forwards, so I don't yeah. think I can go with that. Yeah, I think, again, it's, it just technically comes down to like which players are just going to be put into that starting lineup and just going to be able to you know put up the stats and put up you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 points per game. Honestly, even um, 12 points might be good enough for first team at this point. Yeah. So, um, I mean, at the odds, I don't – I mean, I don't hate it if you want to put some beer money down on what it. What are these? For cool so, Jalen Hood Shafino, 35 to 1. Bilal is 20 to 1. And then um, Anthony Black is at 4 to 1. Okay. Black at 4 to 1 is, no, is not appealing to me at all. Yeah, me neither. Maybe Bilal you can consider, but – because that team's going to be bad. Like, there's an incentive mm-hmm. to play the younger guys, but Poole and Kuzma are going to take all the shots on that team, and that's kind of the two positions that Bilal wants to play. So that's yeah. going to be a bit of an issue. But I feel like, once again, just briefly before we officially wrap up, it's kind mm-hmm. of I, – I wanted to mention these players for a couple reasons because Bilal and Black were top 10 picks, right? Yes. yeah, And they're not were. even close to when, to being on first team. No. It tells you with the younger draft classes year in, year out with players either either playing overseas or going in the G League, basically being a one and done either in college or in these other areas. There are a lot of rookies that are not ready for the NBA, and there's a lot of rookies that the executives and the overall teams drafting these players realize they're so young we're going to make them sit for two, three years before they do anything. Yeah. And I wanted to mention that because a lot of these markets we're going to talk about in the next week or so, you can mention a lot of guys mm-hmm. for MVP. Yeah. If you want to go for coach of the year, a lot of options. Rookie of the year, not many, because as these draft classes get weaker and weaker and weaker, the executives realize a lot of the guys we're picking are lottery, just overall lottery polls, or they're going to be dark throws. There's not many that have guaranteed roles with teams. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these rookies, even top 10 picks like Anthony Black and Koulibaly, and even Uchafino went before 20, I believe. They are, they are just going to be sitting on the bench for most of the year. And I wanted to mention that. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned at the top of the show when we talked about guys that actually win rookie of the year. It's within those top five picks. But it's gotten even um, worse over the past couple of years with the younger age requirements because, I mean, damn, man, a lot of these people who come out are projects and the executives don't even give them minutes. Yeah. I mean, like, just for example, over the last five, six years, it's been 
five out of the six guys are top three picks. And the only guy that was outside of a top three pick was a fourth overall pick, Scotty Barnes, who won rookie of the year as well. I'd kind of have to go back and look at, uh, put up the data for where some of these guys that made all rookie first team and where they were drafted and what their stats were. But it just kind of tells you kind of just, you know, expanding upon your point. It's just, you know, it's top heavy where the cream kind of rises to the, to the top. And, um, one more point I, I think I'll make here, Scott, because I know we talked about for this all rookie team is that it's, it's, you know, you'll have a, two guys that are at that power forward, that center position. I think there's an opportunity for one of these, you know, these young guards um, to sneak into this all rookie first team, because it's, we mentioned that Victor and Chet are going to be that front court. You probably have Brandon at that three spot and then scoot makes it in as well. So, either one of the Thompson brothers or a guy like Anthony black that we mentioned, but we don't like the odds for maybe Keontae George, a guy like that. I think one of these guards do have a chance to make it in, uh, into that all rookie team, um, uh, all rookie first team, I should say, uh, at that guard position. So, um, yeah, definitely keep that in mind. Hopefully they keep up this market throughout the season. So um, do you have a favorite bet from the first team market? Cause I think mine's going to have to be Walker at four fifty. Because you can get it, you can get there with either a Wemby yeah. or a Chet injury, and there's really not many front court rookies who have an actual immediate role on a team. We keep mentioning Lively. According to initial depth charts, he's like the third center on the team. Yeah, which doesn't. So make sense to me. I think Walker at four fifty is a bargain if you think he gets there almost automatically if either Chet or Wemby don't reach 65 games. Yeah, it was going to be Walker or George for me at plus 650 because I feel like for this Utah team, a good deal. yeah, because I feel like for the Utah team, I think if I don't say venture, I think that Jordan Clarkson just may be on the move come trade deadline where maybe this one of these contending teams needs like a score coming off of the bench for them, just provide a little bit of a spark. And that opens up an opportunity for a guy like Keontae George um to slip in and and you know get the minutes that Jordan Clarkson would or would be playing for this Jazz team and also maybe Colin Sexton could possibly be on the move as well who knows because after that it, it it's THT yeah I don't know man they have I mean I like the talent that they do have but it's guys that can be impactful for other teams and let's not forget they also added John Collins in the offseason to that front court with Walker Kessler and Lori Markinen. So it's just the direction, because the last year they were a surprisingly fun team and then they tanked the back half of the year. So I don't I don't know if Ainge is just going to blow up the entire team or if they're just going to try to half go for it again. Probably they're going to blow it up. But there's I mean, a lot of talent on that roster before they blow it up. And my concern with George, mm-hmm. if they start trading everybody mm-hmm. halfway through the season, is that enough of a sample size to get George into the first team if he just has no role for the first two months, two, three months of the season? Yeah, that's a good point because, again, with, with the new rules and everything, that he probably doesn't fit the criteria of playing 65 games for at least 20 minutes. Yeah. Unless there's a significant an injury to one of those card positions. His back half might be great, but if he's a complete non-factor for the first half of the season, I just yeah. don't know if his stats are going to be good enough because the 10 minutes per game for the first three months is going to kill all his averages. Yeah. All right, Scott, let's wrap it up here with a best bet or, you know, uh, uh, one player that we lock for your rookie of the year and then maybe one player that we want to throw out there. Uh, for all uh, rookie first team for this upcoming season. Uh, what do you got? 
So Scoot's going to be the obvious choice for both of us for the value, but it was mm-hmm. better value post draft when I think it was four to one on Scoot. I believe or so. like three fifty, and we just jumped on it. We just knew that those odds were insane. I do think Wemby at even money is actually a good deal. Okay, if the only argument of why he won't win is because of injury, I'll take even money because if he's okay. healthy, he's winning. Yeah. He's going to get every vote. I mean, like the entire media market is already projecting him to be the next face of the league. I just think, once again, Wemby at even money is quite appealing. I was against Wemby when we initially talked about this because he was minus 200. Yeah. At even money, I'll take Wemby at even money. Hell yeah. I think that's a great deal. I'll take Wemby at even money. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you already just mentioned the two guys that we were going to. Um, once again, top heavy market. There's only two guys we're is. seriously considering. Chet yeah. is once again a third option, but that 65 game threshold, I feel worse about him than Wemby. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so those are yeah, uh, the two guys that I agree with that should win this award. And I'm trying to find an, another book to see if they have um, a a maybe a plus like 105 on on a Victor Winbinyama. This is kind of make sure to uh, do your due diligence and get the best number. But that's plus how we 130 on FanDuel. Oh. We started off the show saying if Wemby stays healthy, he's winning, right? And we both just said, yeah, he's going to run away with this thing. Like, even money? And the only thing stopping is injury? I'll take my chances. I see plus 130 on FanDuel. Hell yeah. Plus 130. That was the same book that hung minus 200 against the field about three months ago. And I'll take three plus to, 130. Yeah, three to one on Scoot. Sure, I'll take both. Yeah, I like it. Uh, all right, so anybody that you do like for as far as value for all NBA, uh, sorry, all the rookie uh, first team? Walker at 450. Okay. If one of those two guys get injured, either Wemby or Chet, there's really not much competition for that other front court spot. And mm-hmm. Walker is going to be, I don't know if he's officially a starter, but he's projected to be close to a starter or at least an immediate bench guy so he's not going to be like buried on the depth chart he should actually get some minutes and i think he might start i mean right now you're looking at the likes of like i don't even know who they have like duarte duarte is, is uh so duarte they traded right um oh, sorry so, not duarte sorry that was last year. um you have, they have Jalen andrew nimhard miles turner you got he's he's slated to be a starter. It's either going to be him or Obi Toppin at that power like that position. Like Smith, maybe like no, uh, is ne- do yeah, you like consider Neesmith Bruce maybe? Brown to be a starter? A guy coming off of the bench for the Pacers. I don't know. That's that's kind of my point though. You're just going down the line, and he should have an immediate role with this team because the front court depth isn't that good. Yeah. So yeah, I'll take Walker four fifty. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's Turner, it's Jalen Smith at the center position, and they have Jars Walker at that starting position, and then Obi Toppin behind him uh, uh, to round out that front court. Um, if you want to give me a starter at four fifty, hell yeah, I'll take those. De- I'll take that deal. Yeah, because I, I again, Anthony Black, I don't like it at four to one. Men and Cam Whitmore are gonna just take away, I guess, votes from each other, and again, behind veterans like FVV and. Dylan Brooks and and Jalen Green. I don't think that it's possible for them. Wait, hang may- on a second. You're, you're telling me Anthony Black has lower odds than Walker to be first te- to be first team rookie? Yeah, by fifty cents. He's four that's, to one. That's wild. 
Well, let me see if this other book. The has... argument is once again, the front court is set if Chet and Wemby stay healthy, but th- yeah. there's no way Black's going to have even a sixth man role with this team to start the year. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm getting 50 cents more value on a potential starter. And yeah. Give me Walker at 450. Yeah, I like Walker at 450. Uh, I mentioned George, but again, I think that, like we talked about with the Jazz, he probably won't make the criteria of playing those 65 games and at least 20 minutes per game. Grady Dick is intriguing. I think that for the Raptors, he's 10 to, one. A 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Yeah. That would be the only one that I would consider. Um, other than that, man, it's just guys that. Either are uh, there's multiple rookies on the team, and again, when we talk about at least a rookie of the year and all rookie team, it's just guys that it's just the the, the cream at the crop, the 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 guys that are really in those top ten picks that usually make the all rookie first team. All right, Scott, that is going to do it for this edition of the 2023-2024 NBA Rookie of the Year betting preview. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, my friend? Not really. Looking forward to the season once again. I know we got a couple more episodes to get through for awards before the actual start of the season. It's closer than you think. So just keep that in mind. I truly don't know the schedule, so you might have to fill in the people on when the next episode might be. Yeah, so we're typically shooting for Tuesdays and Thursdays leading up to the season. Uh, That might change, but um, on Thursday, we're looking at doing most improved player of the year. And then also, I think I wrote down six man of the year on Thursday. So those, those are the two markets that we'll cover uh, at the tail end of the week. Right now, slated for uh, Thursday. But if we need to move some things around, um, that's uh, a, a um, that's usually the time or on Thursday, I should say, that we're trying to shoot for for six man of the year and uh, most improved players. So this is a good reminder. Just make sure to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel. Um, the season, like Scott mentioned, it's, it's really, really right around the corner. So we'll be wrapping up content leading up to the season, uh, giving out a whole lot of bets, a whole lot of futures and all that good stuff. And again, also follow us on Twitter at SGPNNBA. You can also follow Scott on Twitter at Rice Show Radio and follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Scott, anything else? No, that's it. All right, we'll be back later this week for some more of the awards markets. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going-